0: gonna start the show with the bump all right you guys so uh, welcome to spirits and more radio and um, I'm I'm actually gonna change I think I'm gonna go ahead and change the name of this show Um, please excuse the extra sounds that you hear I have set up my broadcasting equipment podcast equipment audio equipment in a whole new way and this is uh, this is new for me Um, if I don't even know if I even put this out, but, uh, I did move and I am now in old town, San Diego, home of the Whaley house. I literally live about 1000 feet away from the Whaley house. So, um, you know, i I frequent there. I frequent that place often and I haven't seen anything, but I've got my spot right in the back in the corner where I like to sit. Uh, so anyway, uh, I live in a hundred year old house in old town now and uh, I've only seen one thing that was kind of unusual, and I'm not looking for stuff. I'm a skeptic. So it must have been an earthquake. But I was laying on my bed, and I have like this back massager thing. It's like an S, so you can sort of like massage your own back with it. So I was hanging on a coat hook at the end of my bed uh, on the closet, and my bed doesn't touch the closet or anything like that. But uh, I'm sitting there, and I look up, and the thing is swinging back and forth. And this was after uh, my my teenage daughter said, Dad, there's nothing here. Like, there's no feeling in this house. And I agreed with her. I said, there's no feeling in this house, which is good, because I'm not getting any extra rent if something else is here. And, uh, and you need to pay rent if you're going to be in my house. So... Anyway, um, yeah, so, so as it goes, that's the only unusual thing I saw, whatever. I haven't seen anything else, don't want to see anything else, but, um, anyway, so now I'm in Old Town, so I, I can, uh, I can explore at night. I mean, if I were, uh, if I were, a uh, a ghost hunter, you know, paranormal investigator with, like, a, a Radio Shack thing that... Scrolls through the radio stations, or if I had a thermal imaging camera, uh, or like um, any of those things that people like to use that they believe tell them when ghosts and spirits are around, I could do that super easy, but I'm not doing it because it's not me. I like talking to you guys. So, what I did was uh, at the beginning of last year, I put it there's as anyone who listened to this show a while ago knows. Um, I kind of stopped doing this podcast in 2019. Um, I was, had a lot of changes going on, moved and stuff. And so, uh, I started to do a haunted pub crawl downtown San Diego. And that's what I've been doing all year. You guys, that's why I haven't been doing podcasts because I've been, uh, taking people who visit this fine city and, uh, taking them to haunted pubs and, and telling them the stories and sharing some stories that I have and and collecting stories you guys have been getting a lot of good stories so that's what this one that's what tonight is about I finally set this gear up as you know if you've listened to past shows usually there's the whole intro there's that whole thing this is like raw okay we're we're just doing raw tonight (laughs) so some of the things that went down in 2019 uh, was the Charles Manson, Sharon Tate murder anniversary, and I went up to L.A., Beverly Hills specifically, up to Dave Oman's house, met some other people that do podcasts up there, really cool people, uh, lots of interesting stories, a lot of really interesting people. I got to see cool photos that people had taken in places that definitely looked uh, unusual, some strange stuff going on in those photos. I'll have to dig up those the names of people, and I'm sorry if you hear this, and I, I'm, I'm talking about you, and I don't remember your name, but it was last year, and yeah. So anyway, um, the Haunted Pub Crawl, if you come to San Diego, you can uh, look me up at spooksandspirits.com, get yourself a reservation, and uh, I don't really, it's not about the money, it's about meeting people and showing them my city and and hearing their stories and sharing haunted stories and taking them to places that have, you know, haunted, uh, people have had haunted experiences at and sharing those stories. And it's a super fun time. I really like doing it. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, everyone has their days, right? Sometimes I'm tired. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this, but then I get down there and I meet the people and we start talking, and it's just so much fun. It's really cool. And I'd have to say that, you know, um, almost everyone that I've gone on the tour with, I've left feeling like, wow, that was super fun. And, and they, and the, you know, these people say the same thing, they, they have a great time. So, um, so I'm going to keep doing it. It's, uh, it's kind of time consuming. I'm trying to find some ways to, maybe do something where you guys can can go to haunted spots and I don't have to be there. Uh, I know a lot of the experience is me um, sort of sharing and tailoring it towards who's on the tour, right? Like, you know, if you're a skeptic, we're going to kind of go that route. We're going to look at it from that angle. If you've had experiences and you believe and uh, believe in the paranormal and you're certain about that, you know, we're going to indulge in those things. And I'm going to share those stories of other people who have had those sort of experiences as well. So um I, I you know i've had a couple really good really good ones that stand out uh and i'll i'll share a couple of those with you um so one of one of the ones i like to tell and and i kind of remember it's funny cuz every single haunted pub crawl is a little bit different i usually don't tell exactly the same stories it really has to do with what the what the people on the tour are talking about and then how that kind of comes together so I kind of remember stuff. My memory's jogged off of what other people are saying. So I don't really go on a script or anything like that. So uh, it's super organic and kind of like real that way. So uh, anyway, um, one of the places that we go to um, has a haunted history in downtown San Diego. And it's kind of, uh, it's linked to Wyatt Earp. And if you know who Wyatt Earp is, if you don't know who Wyatt Earp is, he was a cowboy slash lawman slash businessman entrepreneur uh, who traveled around the wild west back in the late 1800s and early 1900s and uh, he's famous for the OK Corral shootout so there's a movie called Tombstone which is all about that which is a great cowboy uh, western movie if you if you like that kind of thing uh, Val Kilmer's in it as Doc Holliday and several other people uh, but anyway the real wider after the OK Corral came to San Diego and a lot of people don't know that a lot of people in San Diego from San Diego don't know that and he actually had like uh, four different establishments bar some were bars some were casinos um, but they were all in a certain part of San Diego and I did quite a bit of research and found out where those places were and also where he lived so I had a group of people come from uh, Oklahoma City and I guess that's where Wyatt Earp was from so uh there's a particular hotel called the St. James Hotel and it's now a Ramada in San Diego. Well, that's one of the locations of Wyatt Earp's, one of Wyatt Earp's casinos. So uh we went up there, they were excited about the Wyatt Earp connection here in San Diego. So we went up to uh check it out and we got up there and you know we we had to kind of wait to get into this restaurant area and there was a um the doorman was there. And I said, I asked him, you know, Hey, uh, do you, um, do you know of the history of this building? And he said, yeah, I know. I know about Wyatt Earp and how he had a, a bar slash casino here. And I said, yeah, the, that's why we're here. You know, they're from Oklahoma city and we wanted to, you know, get closer and check the place out. So anyway, I, I continued on and I asked him, Hey, have you seen anything paranormal or unusual here? And he said, well, I haven't seen anything unusual, but uh, I was out here, you know, at the door, uh, manning the door, and this lady comes out of the hotel, and she's shaking, and she's trying to light a cigarette, but she can't get the cigarette lit because she's so shaky. And he notices her, and he looks over, and he says, "Uh, ma'am, are you okay? And she sort of looks at him and says, I don't know, and she's still trying to light that cigarette. Well he again asked her, hey, are you okay? What happened to you? And she turned to him and she said, well, I was on the third floor in my room and I was in bed with the sheets pulled up above my chest. And then the sheets pulled off of me completely. And then she felt what felt like a hand touch her knee and run up her thigh towards her waist. And that's when she jumped up and ran out of the building and that's when he encountered her downstairs. So she was actually on her cell phone trying to book another room in San Diego in the summertime at like one in the morning, which is super impossible. But anyway, um, so, yeah, the, I, I I haven't been to the Ramada. But, uh, you know, those are the kind of firsthand stories that I do when I do my haunted pub crawl. So, you know, it's not... There are some that are written in books. You know, there's a couple places we go to because it's easy to go there. But what I did was I went around town and I talked to bartenders and owners and pretty much did happy hour <laughs> everywhere and uh, and found, collected up, you know, interesting ghost stories. And so, um, you know, I just keep adding them on. So what's really cool about doing the Spooks and Spirits Haunted Pub Crawl in San Diego is that the stories are always changing. They're new. You hear some of the... Some of the ones like I just shared right now, I always tell that one. So if you come out, you'll hear that again. But we'll get to you'll get to hear that story while we're in front of the building, which is cool. So anyway, um, that's that's one of the cool things is that this is not a tour of just the, you know, the stuff that everybody knows. This is these are stories that I went out and found. So that's what's really cool. But uh, anyway, so um, many people have been on the tour. And uh, there was there was this one lady, and, and I was, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in haunted items, okay? okay? I'm just not. So, for instance, uh, you hear about the Annabelle doll, and everybody gets all excited about that thing. And, you know, I just don't know why a ghost or spirit would follow some tiny object around, or maybe not a tiny object. So, as the story goes, the lady who told me this story was... um she was an older woman. She was probably about 70 to 74, and she was on the tour, and she was super excited, and it was really great to have her uh, on the tour with her daughter and uh, her daughter and her daughter's husband. But anyway, um, so we got to talk about haunted items, and she said, well, I've had an experience with a haunted haunted item. And I was like, oh, really? What, what's it about? And she said, well, uh, you know, when I was younger— My boy, I had two boys and they were like six and seven or six and eight or something like that. And so um, she said they bought a new house that had sort of a family room downstairs and they wanted to put a pool table in this family room. So uh, she looked in the classified ads. This is, you know, probably back in the late 70s, early 80s. And so she looked in the classified ads in the newspaper because they didn't want to buy a brand new pool table. They wanted to try it out and see if they were actually going to use it. And if they were, then, then you know, they would uh, splurge and get a brand new nice one. So this was sort of a test pool table. So what they did was they, <clears throat> they, uh, she found a pool table for sale and she went out to the house and the pool table was sort of disassembled a little bit and uh, she She noticed that around the pool table were lots of boxes of stuff, right? Like uh, clothing and boxes stacked upon boxes. And she just kind of casually asked, oh, you know, what's up? Whose stuff is this? You know. And the person who was showing her the pool table said, oh, it was a relative of theirs and that that lady had passed away. And this was her stuff. So uh, the woman telling me the story uh, loads that they get the pool table to her house. She sets it up. And uh, it's in the downstairs area, as I described, and there's a staircase that goes up to the upper level. uh, And down, just in that same, not really in the same room, the way I took it was that there was sort of a secondary room in the downstairs area near this pool table. So what she did was um, she, she set that up as an office. So she was in there working away in her office And uh, this is shortly after getting the pool table in the house, she starts to hear the pool table, the billiard balls clanking around on the table. And her thought was that the kids, the boys, had come downstairs and they were playing around with the pool table. So she sort of yelled, uh, you know, hey, you guys, get back upstairs. You know, they were supposed to be doing homework or something. And uh, the pool table, the balls stopped clanking around. But she didn't recall hearing them run up the stairs, the sound of, you know, kids running up the stairs. So a few minutes go by or whatnot, and uh, she hears the pool table balls clanking around again. So she comes out of her office this time to tell the boys to get upstairs. And when she came around the corner and looked at the pool table, the balls were moving on the pool table, but the kids weren't there. So it wasn't the boys and I can't remember you know I wish I had written down what happened I don't know what happened after that if she got rid of it or if it stayed there and they just dealt with it or what but someone sure loved that pool table to follow it around so um, you know I guess that's an example of of something being haunted you know maybe that person was with their stuff they felt like that was their stuff you know and they were there and someone came and took their pool table (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know? And so they followed it. So, uh, I guess things can be haunted. I mean, if, you know, I, uh, everyone always wants, you know, skeptics will want to search, say, ah, well, that's just not possible. There's just no way it's possible. I don't know how it's po- happening, but it's not a ghost. So, uh, you know, so take that for what you will, but that's one of the more interesting stories that I've heard over the past year in 2019, while I've been doing this on a pub crawl. Um, there's a couple other, couple others that stand out. Uh, I mean, there was a gentleman who, someone who he cared about in his life had passed away. And, uh, they were a bunch of people, friends and family were sort of, um, had congregated at a house to, to talk about this person who had passed away. And apparently in the middle of the room, this sort of ball of glowing light or energy kind of like flashing like lightning in it is what he described sort of appeared and moved across the living room floor about four feet and uh, and everyone who was there saw it it wasn't just one person who saw it everyone saw it. So um, you know that reminded me of a story and I share this sometimes sometimes you'll hear this uh, when I'm when I'm doing my thing. But uh, there was an evening when I was at a house that I used to live at where I originally started this podcast uh, at that house. And uh, there was this night when I had woken up. It was probably 2 in the morning. And I I know it was kind of between 1 and 2 in the morning. And I know I was definitely awake. I was on my phone. I couldn't go back to sleep. And then I hear my printer, which was down the hall and in the little living room space where the TV was in my desk, there was a special dye sublimation printer that I I had for um, a photo booth business that I had. It makes a very specific sound when it starts up. The motors go back and forth, a knife slices off a piece of paper, it's got a big roll of paper in it, and it's very unique. And what kind of, what my first thought was when I heard this sound at one, one two in the morning, I'm like, wow, I've never heard it do that startup sequence when it's just been left on for days or weeks on end, right? Like sometimes you leave a printer on for a long time. I just assumed it was, you know, it was on and uh, and that I was hearing that sound. And so it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you know, I sit near that thing all the time and I leave it on all the time and I've never heard it make that sound. So I thought that was really strange. So I make a mental note. Okay tomorrow morning, shut the printer off. So in the morning I wake up, I'm going about my day and uh, I go over to the printer. I remember, oh yeah, shut the printer off. So I go over to the printer and when I get to it, um, I look in the back to, to turn it off because that's where the power switch is right next to where the power cord goes into it. And I look in the back to shut it off and there's no power cord plugged into it. There's no power cord anywhere near it it absolutely had zero power yet i heard that sound the night before so you know did i why would i replay or re, you know recall like the sound of my printer very unique printer starting up i have no idea but when that guy told me about that ball of energy floating across the room i thought wow if it had like lightning and stuff in it and you know that sort of electrical you know a uh, display of electricity. What if something like that kind of went over the printer and fired it up for, for a second, you know? So I don't know, but these are the kind of things we do. We talk, we share stories. We, we talk about, you know, things that have happened and, you know, what could that be? You know, what does it mean? You know, what do you think it means? You know? So, um, so yeah, so that's what's going on. But, uh, another, another really cool story. Well, God, they all just start flooding back in when I start to think about it. But, um, there was someone on the tour who lived in a part of San Diego called Pacific Beach. You may have heard of it, uh, kind of, um, a lot of young college people like to live in Pacific beach. There's a strip of bars. Uh, the ocean is right there, Pacific ocean. So, uh, anyway, um, this guy on the tour and his girlfriend were talking about a house that he had rented in Pacific beach and he lived there with some roommates when he was in college and uh there was an incident where this house was supposed supposedly haunted right and so what happened was this guy this guy and his friends are watching tv and they hear like some sound off to the right of the room like let's just say the tv's right in front of you to the right of the television they kind of some noise happens and it gets everyone's attention and then on the tv the tv starts to fuzz and distort, but in the shape of a person, sort of walking in front of it. So it's the silhouette of a person on the television, sort of sketching out the TV in a way where it's like staticky snow, but in the shape of a person's body. Okay, and then it walks across like as if it were in front of the TV, they didn't see anything. They just saw the distortion on the TV in the shape of a person. And it passed across this TV and then on the other side, at about the same pace of whatever that thing was that, that crossed in front of the television, a picture on the wall knocked off on the left side of the TV. And they saw it, it happened, it was a group of people, and the girl confirmed it who was with them. She she said, oh, was that, you know, Joe or whoever who saw that and, you know, they sort of con- talked amongst themselves. and confirm that they were talking about the same house in the same place, but I didn't write the address down of it, but there is a haunted house in Pacific beach, uh, according to those guys. So that was a really fun, fun, cool story. Um, another one, and I shared this on a podcast when I was up at David Oman's house, uh, up in Beverly Hills for, for the Charles Manson murder party that they did up there. Uh, it wasn't really a party. It was sort of an investigation, but anyway, Um, there was a guy on my tour who was a nurse and he worked, uh, in, uh, Palm Springs area, which is a city sort of East of Los Angeles in the desert. And he spoke of a lady that he was taking care of who was elderly and, um, I guess terminally ill. She wasn't leaving the hospital. But other people on the floor would kind of come and go and discharge as they got better or whatnot. But the lady who we're talking about, who was staying in the hospital, um, apparently didn't really get out of her room, so she didn't know who necessarily was in the, the rooms around her. Well, this guy was a nurse, and he said that one day, the lady said to him, there's somebody here for Mr. Johnson in room five. No, no. It probably wasn't Mr. Johnson. I don't remember the name, so I'm making him up. But for the sake of the story, she named somebody specifically in a specific room. Okay. And then he said within 30, to 30 minutes to an hour, that person died. And he just kind of thought, oh, that was weird. He didn't really make the connection. And, you know, when I start my tours, when I do the Haunted Pub Crawl, I asked people in the beginning, you know, have you had any experiences? You know, what do you think? Do you believe in ghosts? Why are you here? You know, do you like to watch the ghost hunter shows? So I kind of get a feel for people. And most of the time people don't share a story, but after hearing other people share stories on the tour uh, or hear my stories, it either jogs their memory or they feel comfortable to share. So this guy clearly was sharing something that he had never told anybody before. I could tell, and he was starting to get emotional about it too. So he said, um, you know, he said that lady had said that. And then like a month had passed by and she, he went into her room and she said, someone's here for Mrs. Whatever in room two. And then that lady died within the hour. And this guy was kind of shaken up and he's like, look, I just want to do my job. I don't want to know when the grim reapers in the building, you know? And it was, it was interesting because the girl who was with him was a coworker and she said, you know, Oh, is it that lady? You know? And he said, yeah, it was her, you know? So, so that other girl had never heard that story before who worked with him, but she knew who he was talking about. And so anyway, um, the twist to the whole story, he said at the end was, uh, The lady who was telling him, hey, there's somebody here for this person in the room and they were dying, that lady was blind. So she wasn't actually seeing anything. It was like her intuition. She was feeling someone there for a specific person. And she was getting the name of the person correct in the room that they were in as well. So that is one that story blew me away. That was like, wow, how can that happen? You know, how can that happen? And every time the people in my life who don't want to leave any possibility for something out there beyond what's right in front of us at the moment, um, I like to tell them that story because there's really no, there's really no logical response to that. You know, you really can't, you can't say, oh, she, she heard something. She knew something. She didn't know anything. All she knew was that. There was some feeling of someone there for someone, and then that person died. So, anyway, uh, that was a great story that uh, I like to share. That one a lot when people go on the tour. Um, other ones, uh, gosh, a girl, girl who uh, had like a son, or I believe a boy, four to five years old, and his uh, the boy's father wasn't they weren't married or anything or together, and then the father died. And uh, she said that she got this jumbled up email, like a bounce back from on her Gmail account, as if an email had been sent out to an address that was invalid and it bounced back. But the the context of the message or what that email had was sort of like a sentence or two um, specifically talking to their son and she said that the letters were sort of mixed and stuff like they weren't perfect. So, um, that was, that was like kind of a more modern ghost story, right? Like you, everyone thinks of the old ones, right? Like all oh, the stuff from a long time ago, but that particular story was very fresh and new, uh, as is some of the other ones and some of the places we go to. So anyway, um, gosh, I can, I can go on and on with these stories, but, uh, I think I'm gonna call this show a show. I think this is gonna be the end. Call the show. Call it a night for this show, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, but anyway, so this is no longer Spirits and More Radio, we're talking Spooks and Spirits, just like that. Spooks and Spirits, spooksandspirits.com. So um, if you come to San Diego, uh, I like to do small intimate groups because we go to places that are kinda of small, we go to a mortuary, we go to, uh, you know, an old hotel, we go to the oldest bar in San Diego. Uh, sometimes when we go to some of these places, the owners are there, one particular place, and he loves to tell the story firsthand, which is like so cool. I could never even promise that that's gonna happen, but a handful of lucky uh, people on my tours have have happened to be there and he's, you know, sat down and told stories and, and all that stuff and very, very cool uh, experience for people. So uh, you never know what's going to happen, uh, but I'm going to keep doing those. Uh, uh, I've done some bigger ones. If people are coming into town, I got try not to do them during Comic-Con and stuff like that because it's absolutely crazy and lots of the restaurants are packed or closed for private parties. So um, if you're coming into town for something like that, probably not going to work, but uh I do, I have done some larger groups. It takes some coordination and effort. So, uh, I don't rule those out, but you know, we never know what's going to happen. So I I really like to keep it like four people, uh, so that we can talk across the table and I don't have to try and talk to seven or eight people across the bigger space. So anyway, um, thank you for listening to this show. Uh, subscribe it, uh, subscribe to it if you like it. And, um, Feel free to get in touch if you've got some ghost stories you want to share. I definitely want to hear them, and we want to get them out there. I'm going to try and do more stories. Uh, we did lots of interviews on Spooks and Sp- uh, Spirits and More Radio with lots of interviewing people. Uh, if you have a story that you can record and send it in, I think I'm going to, Spooks and Spirits is going to be more like that. We're going to try and stick closer to stories. It um, takes a little while to, to get them all together, uh, and I try and record them when I can, so... Um, Anyway, uh, if you're coming to San Diego, get in touch on spooksandspirits.com and uh, share this podcast with anyone who enjoys this stuff or has a story. It seems like everyone knows someone who has some kind of compelling story. Uh, it's it's uh, It just seems to go that way, which is which is very interesting, right, because how is it that so many people have experiences and then they get dismissed because uh, you don't want to seem like, uh, you know, couldn't be real. And are you out of your mind or you're not grounded in reality and stuff like that? Well, I'm putting myself out there uh, so you guys can share the experience. And so everyone who's had something unusual, we can all talk about it and figure it out. And is it real? Maybe it's just in our heads. Maybe there's some EMF, you know, that's uh, affecting us in some way. That's a possibility. But I don't think so. I don't think so because these stories are all real similar. And most of them are with people who were not looking for something to happen to them. And a lot of the people don't ever tell anyone until they go on the spooks and spirits on the pub crawl. All right, you guys, uh, we'll do another show soon. Thank you.